Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. Hey, Dream Builder, this episode is powered by Design Crowd. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses get creative and quality designs from custom logos to business cards and even web designs. There's a community of over 900,000 designers from all across the world that's ready to bring your idea to life in as little as ours. So head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and see what all the hype is about. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again, and we have an episode today with one of my sisters who I'm telling you, if you have listened to me over this past six months, three months, and you've been feeling like I've really been in my zone, in a lot of ways, this lady has helped to contribute to that, right? And so I want to give her a major shout out. But without further ado, please help me in welcoming my sister, Miss Lashana West, to the show. Lashana, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Sure. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here in Casanova. Thank you for the invite. Um, my name is Lashana West. I'm a mindset and clarity strategist. And basically what that means is merging self-care and mindset with business strategy as an entrepreneur. Um, my background is mental health. I'm a therapist by trade. And over the years, I really understood that we really need to operate in our zone of genius. And I feel that most of us are creatives, but that's very, very subjective. So what I do is help entrepreneurs really tap into their sweet spot, build confidence, and then also learn business acumen in a way that it's balanced and not so stressful. Fire. Now, I always love to make sure that we give the proper introduction. And I feel like for you, you just gave yourself an amazing introduction. (laughs) But I always like to make sure that we still structure it the right way so I don't feel like anyone is cheated out of this opportunity. And so what I say is... Uh, for us as entrepreneurs, we're just like superheroes, right? Whether you're a change maker, thought leader, or just a true bred serial entrepreneur, we're just like superheroes in the way that we're constantly putting on our cape, we're flying around the world, and we're trying to solve some of the world's biggest problems. Now, what we know is there is that lady out there that's named Su- or Wonder Woman. Some, when I'm talking to a guy, I'll say Superman, but Wonder Woman. And behind that, you have this Lois Lane. But what we don't know a lot of the times is who is that Lois Lane? Because Superman or Wonder Woman is always in the front. So my question to you is behind the Wonder Woman who we know and see as Lashana West. Tell us on the backside, on the inside, who is that Lois Lane? I love that. And my bad, you know me, I'll be jumping right in like, <laughs> So honestly, like... First of all, I love the question because I think our head is in the weeds so much that we forget about who that inside person is. Why do we do what we do? Um, Our path, our journey on how we got to the now. Mm -hmm. So as I think back, the Lois Lane is really um, a woman, a mom, a daughter who has really 
endured a lot of junk, a lot of stuff in childhood and adulthood, but has been able to be resilient and reframe the learning opportunities to strengths and, and continue to carry that and then share with others so they can also leverage what has happened to them in the past and use it as strength so they can go forward. So that's kind of how I operate. And that's why I got into the mental health field because at the end of the day, with support, I feel that we can get through anything in our lives. Wow. So you, you jumped into a lot there and you said you, you've been burned a couple of times, right? Talk yeah. to me about as a young child growing up, like how, what was your family situation like? Like, were you uh, one of 10 children? Were you one of one? So you felt very privileged, but you felt like mm -hmm. you were being ignored. What was that like for you when you were growing up? Got you. So when I say junk, as you guys know, that's like so ambiguous. You're like, okay, well, what happened? So um, just a little backstory. I am the only girl um, of three kids. So I have two older brothers. And basically, it's almost like instead of rags to riches, it's more so riches to rags. And I'm being a little bit facetious when I say that. But basically, my parents um, were married for about mm, 10 years. And my dad was in the military, so I was born in Germany. So think of military life, traveling all over, everything that you need, and then drugs, alcohol, and all that stuff got involved to where my parents got divorced. But in between that, if you think about the military life, for those that are um, familiar, uh, whoever's in the military, most times they're probably not at home as much. Or if they are there, there's some kind of lack whether it's physical, emotional, or whatever the case may be. So me and my brothers were um, exposed to a lot of stuff, whether it's domestic violence or, um, you know, just the discord and dysfunction of parents not getting along. So when my parents divorced, we moved to Kansas. And that's why I claim Kansas as that's where I'm from, even though I'm a transplant, born in Germany, lived all over. So when we moved to Kansas, my mom continued to do drugs. And so me and my brothers had to fend for ourselves. We would go to school every day and learn, but who knew what was going on at home to where I found myself having to go to the grocery store and steal food to, to cook for my brothers and basically carrying the, the cape as mom and then going to school and no one knew what was going on to where I was even stealing clothes Everybody thought I was popular. Everybody thought I had money, but really I was in the stores making it do what it do, right? Hmm. And the reason why I share that is because no one really knows what a person's going through or what they are um, dealing with at home. All we see is the outside. All we see is the pot potential pretty face, potential clothes looking, oh, wow. you The you. social media life. Yes exactly that but what i will say is if i had to do it all over again i would do it all over again the same way because i wouldn't have the fire the grit the determination the resiliency or the relatability that i have right now if it wasn't for the journey that i've already um experienced wow 
No, it's so true that a lot of the times we we put on this facade and it's because of what we've already seen in the world and we see that that's getting the likes. We see that that's getting the comments. So we figured that's exactly what we have to be. But I think yep. the thing that we've learned in this last year, probably two years especially, is that vulnerability is the new true success in life. Right. And the reason why I say that is because that's who you find. That's when you find out and how you find out who's truly rocking with you. The moments that you're vulnerable and you no longer look like you have it all figured out or you have the success is when those people come out of the woodworks and they say, hey, I appreciate you sharing your story. And then you say, oh, man. So there are people who still listen if I don't have the car, if I don't have the house and if I don't have the money. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, for you coming from Kansas to now you're in Atlanta you're in the A and when we first got uh when we first got connected it was because you had ties to Omaha yeah. right now talk to me about through all of your different times and all of the different places that you've been able to experience what has been the biggest eye opener for you as you've moved from place to place and now being grown you know and being able to do it voluntarily as opposed to when you were younger and you didn't have a choice Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would say being in Atlanta, I've been here for about two years. And before moving here, I didn't even know what a creative was. I didn't know about entrepreneurship. I didn't know that you could take the skills, the gifts and everything of who you are and authentically monetize it and help people at the same time. Um, I was climbing the corporate ladder. I got my bachelor's and my master's and you know, wanting these CEO titles, executives, uh, wanting to run companies. And I moved to Atlanta and I seen people flying and soaring in their gifts, making their own schedule, making their own mark, trailblazing, setting their own prices. And I was like, oh, I can do this with my eyes closed. Let me go ahead and get my LLC. Boom. And started serving immediately. Mm. Wow. So, wait, 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 wait. So you talk about money and, and this is a big topic right here. And you teach people on this and you also hold them accountable on this. Hence your company, Accountability On Demand. So let's talk about this. A lot of people right now, they feel like they have a gift. They feel like they have something. And, and maybe even we don't want to assume. Some people, they know that they have something inside of them that draws the passion. But they don't necessarily know how to monetize it. Right. For you, where did the first aha moment come from that anything could be monetized? Um, for me would be... What was I, the first thing that you monetized in terms of knowledge? Providing clarity and coaching. Because mm -hmm. of my personality, anybody that I talk to, and I just realized this, even before I became an entrepreneur, with my personality, no matter if it was a friend, a cousin, or someone at the supermarket, the interaction with me, they would leave pumped up, enhanced knowledge about something, right? Right. You do that every day. But when you are intentional and you can actually label it and you can actually strategically communicate it, that's when you can monetize it. Hmm. So talk to me, for somebody else that says, right now, I do that for my friends, right? Yeah. And, and I, I leave them pumped up. How do I make money off of this though? Like I don't, because nobody ever pays me. I'm going back to this job. No, everybody always just says, thank you. What yeah. does that look like to start to monetize it? What that looks like is for your mindset to uh, understand that you can, and then you need to ask ASK. 
So mm -hmm. it's almost like, hey, was this helpful? Yes. Well, um, I have a service where I can help you even more effectively and even on a long-term basis. Let me know if you want to learn more. You don't even have anything set up, but you are asking and you're digging deeper for a more um, intentional support. Now, I know I just said that effortlessly. Right. But again, growing up, having to adapt, having to think quickly, having to just make it work, that's all been threaded into my mindset and my capacity to where now it has afforded me even bigger than I would have ever imagined. Wow. So for someone that says, okay, they say, yeah, I would like your service. How do you go about even pricing something like that? Because people say, oh, this is the first time I got to figure it out, but I don't have a coach. I don't have a mentor. And somebody just put me on the spot and said, yeah, how much is it going to cost me? What's yeah. my next step? So right now we're going to go into coaching mode, but I'm going to tell you this. Your next step is to do some research or your next step is to do it for free to get practice. But at least they know that it's no longer a conversation and it is labeled coaching now because hmm. i'm not saying that you need to just immediately charge it's not about that it's really about you getting your feet wet the 3t method try test and tweak until you're comfortable to charge and then you're never going to know how much to charge i'll be honest with you a lot of people are undercharging themselves because even if i say okay casanova's a coach he's charging 197 an hour that doesn't mean that's what i should charge i might right. should charge more I might should charge less. We really don't know. I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. You can go to any kind of pricing strategist that you would like, but the person who is really ready to commit will pay anything for the transformation. Mm. Now that doesn't mean charge them a thousand dollars an hour, but that is that's the question of the moment. What do you charge? And it, it just takes a lot of um, try, test, and tweak to until you're comfortable. And I'm still not comfortable with my charge. <laughs> wow. And and it's crazy. And, and I would salute to that because I've talked to some of the biggest coaches on this show and I've asked them those exact questions, like, how much do you charge? And they all say, you know, when they started out, they were underpricing themselves and there was just no rule guidebook or anything like that. That could because there's so much emotion that comes with coaching and, and giving people results that it's not a, a one size fits all. Just like you said, that you want to give somebody results and you understand that everybody comes from you from a, a different level mm -hmm. and when you're really focused on that person on the other end then you're going to try everything that you can even though the monetary value might not be where you hope it to be right now but if you continue to get them results it'll bring them some type of more value monetarily in their life hopefully and then in that case you can obviously ramp up your prices so i definitely agree with that and i'm glad that you said it hopefully somebody else that's looking at coaching and they say hey i don't know what to charge though they can think back to this and then they think back to the three t's and they just maybe start out for free and, and they build off of it correct now you said something about clarity right and, and this is something that you helped me with um you helped me with it time and time again because i think us as entrepreneurs as dreamers as doers we all struggle with this from time to time in our life, no matter how successful that you are. And why is because you're constantly have your eye on growing, doing, being, having and giving more. So then you put your, your your thoughts, at least for me, I put my thoughts into, man, I should do this. And we lose that little bit of a lack of clarity. How have you been able to teach high performing people or even just people who 
feel like that they have something that they want to do more? How have you been able to teach them clarity strategies? What is the first step in gaining clarity and who you are and what it is that you want in life? Mm-hmm. So the, the how I'm able to support is I need to get clarity on what this person truly, truly wants and listen to what they're not saying. Right? We, we say a lot, but what we're not saying, that's truly where the, the magic happens. Um, and so I Give have, me an example. Give me an example of somebody that you figured out what they weren't saying and they were like, oh, she, she's good. Yeah, so if I'm talking to someone and they're, they're saying what they don't want to do, but I hear passion in a different area, that's where we can be creative to merge the two. So someone may say, I don't want to coach. I don't want to coach. But I'm seeing them coaching indirectly, ongoing all the time. I'm not talking about anybody specific. I'm just using this as an example, right? <laughs> coaching in everything that they do. Okay, so how can you still coach but not use the manpower in front of someone consistently? Because most times, that's probably what the barrier is. I don't want to just, you know, exchange time for dollars or have a limitation or a barrier on my time. Okay, well, how else can you do it? Right? So then we just start to reverse engineer, dissect, and brainstorm what are other ways that you can still support, you can still have your voice in the universe, share your gifts, but still have what you truly want, which is let's just say that the variable is time or the variable is flexibility with schedule. Like, I can't really answer that black and white. It's, it's just a whole manifestation of me listening, pulling out who they, who they are and what they truly want. And then we have a conversation so I can assess if I am leading them right. But most times they come to their own answer. I'm just a support and a prompter to help them trigger some other ideas. Yeah, no, and that's so key at the end. And here's something I learned about two years ago. And it was like, when people talk about coaching or consulting, they're really two different things, right? When you're a consultant, uh, what I learned was you tell people what has worked for you and then they implement it to hopefully get the same results. When you're a coach, what I've learned is that a lot of the times you're not telling someone what to do. You're asking them questions to get the answer that they already know inside of them. So then yeah. they come to the epiphany or the conclusion that here is the right answer. And that was something that I think I struggled with in the beginning. I was like, I didn't, I was like, oh man, I got to tell everybody and it has to work for them. Yep. But then it's like, no, you're not a consultant. You're just the coach. You're asking them what it is that they want. So I'm glad that you said that because for somebody else that's listening, maybe they're just starting out and they're like, well, man, I don't, I don't know how I can help other people. Like I'm not really a coach. It's like, well, think about it. All you really have to do is be a great conversationalist, which you just said, ask them the right questions, do more listening rather than talking. And that's how you'll, you'll get people results, right? Because we all know some things that we've even heard or read or seen. And we're like, well, what do you think? What would you think if you implemented this? And then people like, well, I've tried. And, And so it's so crazy. So I'm glad that you brought that up. And I hope that somebody really take heed to that. Right now, let's talk about your environment, because for you, what one thing that I've been so proud of you on is the fact that you've continuously changed your environment to try to level up yourself. Like when we first were connected, this was a couple of years ago, you were in Virginia and then you still didn't. But before that, you were in Omaha. Right. And then before that, you're in Kansas and, and all these other places. But then you made your way down to Atlanta. 
And Atlanta right now seems like one of those meccas, right, that everybody's moving toward. So my question to you is, how big of a role has your environment played into where you are today? Do you feel like you would have been able to have the same type of success regardless if you were still in Omaha? Or do you feel like putting yourself in new environments has helped to change where you are on your path today? Yeah, so the new environments have definitely been an attribute or um, helped me to really thrive. Um, and the only reason why I was able to really adapt and be comfortable is because that's how I was as a child. We lived all over. Born in Germany, lived in Colorado, Hawaii, California. So that being not ripped, but uprooted and into another area and just jumping right in, new class, new teacher, Let's, let's, before we get into that, and I, I'm so, but I think that somebody right now, at, at least in my heart, I got a, a, a chord that struck. And how, how do you recommend no parent put their child through that? Or are you saying like, this was a great thing for me? Because you just said being ripped out, being placed in a new environment. I can't gain any type of stability or comfortability. If somebody else right now is maybe not military, but they're traveling and moving over quite a bit and they're listening at this. Do you think that that's something that you would definitely recommend against since you were a child who was in that environment? Hey, Dream Builder, if you're anything like me, you have no idea how to come up with a quality logo or even a creative design. You know that quality is important, but it's not always the easiest to nail down, right? That's where Design Crowd comes in. Whether it's a logo, a website, book cover, or even a social media ad, they have a community of over 900,000 professional designers around the world ready to help solve your creative problem. Head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation to learn more. And just for being a part of the dream nation tribe, you're going to receive a special VIP offer when you sign up of up to $150 credit. Now, instead of waiting weeks for an agency to pitch you an idea, you'll be able to get a design of exactly what you need within just three days. So again, head on over to designcrowd.com forward slash dream nation and check it out. You know, it's, it's weird because I don't have an answer for that because my daughter, if I'm moving around and I got a kid, guess who else is moving around? My child, right? Mm -hmm. She didn't have the same impact for her. Oh, I moved every three or four years. I never really got to make friends. I don't have friends now. It just really depends on the child. I can't really answer that. What I would say is for the parents to be conscientious of the transitions and making sure that they're providing full support, full communication, being intentional on what is the child doing in those different environments so they have some kind of stability. But every child, every person's different. This is my story, my journey, but I can't say, oh, it'll be fine. They're going to be able to rock and roll. No, that's not going to always happen. Hmm. And I think for me, because of my resiliency factor, right? Because some of us, depending on our mindset and depending on our uh, disposition, I can easily look at this as a detriment. I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you if I was to have the mindset of, I, I moved to all these different places. I wouldn't even be sitting here talking to you. I wouldn't even have a business because that would have been a barrier instead of a strength. Hmm. Got it. Oh, that doesn't yeah. answer your question. <laughs> 
Yeah, I can not just ask that because I mean, for me, everything that I went through as a child, I've tried to shield my kids from it, and and more so, I do, my kids are not coddled by any means. But what I mean by that is, I it really boils down to that saying, and, and I'm sure someone's heard me say it before if they're listening or watching this. But you know, if I didn't come from a loving father, a loving father must come from me. And that's always been one of my mantras, right? And, and, and when people ask me, and this is the first time I've ever said this, but when people ask me, like, uh, what would be um, on your tombstone when you're done, right? He was a loving father who never gave up and always focused on his future being brighter than ever. This is very, I, I'm glad we're recording this because that all comes from my heart. Um, and so with that being said, I, I try to make sure that like everything that happened to me that I did not like as a child, how can I make sure that that does not happen to CJ or Jada? And that's the, that's the big thing. So that's why I was wondering if you're like, no, looking at what I went through, look, I understand that my parents were trying to give the best for me at this time, but I don't feel like that that was right. I feel like that they should have made sacrifices to stay where they were. And so for that reason, here's the actions that I'm taking right now. So my daughter does not grow up in that with that mindset. And so that was the whole reason why I was asking if you had a perspective like that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting because I thrived in the transitions. If we look at history, I did the same thing. Like I worked for a company. I relocated about every four years. And so and I, I thought that that came to my mind and that's right. why I was asking. Correct. Cause yeah, you've kind of taken on that same approach. Are you, do you, do you have any looking at it now and you're still so young, your daughter's still young. Do you have any, I don't want to even use the words regrets, but do you wish that you would have stayed in one place longer to allow her to build more solidarity and confinement into those environments rather than feeling like what, what I gathered that you said before that she doesn't have any friends and that right now she's trying to figure out her whole zone now. Do you wish that you would have did it differently? No, because life is not going to be able to be perfect and normal. And, oh, I mean, at, at some point she's going to make a decision and there's going to be a letdown. There's going to be a change. So it's more so of me teaching her about change resiliency and thinking outside the box because change is imminent. Just to get a little bit deep, she also is attracted to certain kind of groups that are the popular groups and they're not always as welcoming. So is it the environment or is it her forcing herself on something that is not conducive to what she truly needs, right? Right. Um, I'm really big on being able to adjust and adapt because that's what life is. Tomorrow, I could stop being an entrepreneur, I could get a new job and I gotta get in there and make it work. Hmm. Now, everybody might not see it that way, but because of how I was brought up and because of how I truly know that how life just kind of hits whenever it's unexpected, then let's generalize that because I want to prep her for real life. Hmm. Now, I didn't intentionally choose to move around. Everything was due to, I told you I was climbing the corporate ladder, right? Now, is that okay? I don't know, but that's what I chose to do. And now we're doing very well due to my decision. So as a parent, when she becomes a parent, she gets to change the trajectory. Hmm. But this Got is it. Right. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, look, every just what you said, change is imminent, right? There's no right or wrong way to do anything. We do the best with what we have, of what we can make do. And so yep. I completely understand that. I guess I always just love to hear from other perspectives. Some people would say, yeah, you know, they wish they would have. Some people would say, yeah, you know what? Change, life isn't fair. And I always tell that to CJ as well. Life is not fair. There's going to be times they hit you or you never expected it. Obviously, I've been through many of those times. So I completely agree. And uh, yeah, I just love to hear those perspectives. So great, great points. Um, Let me ask you, accountability on demand, which is something that, you know, uh, that is the company that you have. What why did you create this company? What what is the meaning behind this company and, and how do you help people with it? Yeah, so the why is I wanted to create something that, and I'm pretty selfish here, FYI, that I needed, and if I need it, then I know others need it, right? And so when I think about it, at the end of the day, accountability is something that we have to have for ourselves, and in order for us to serve or provide services, there has to be some other kind of shared accountability in regards to the service as well. So, you know, I was just, because my my company, my business is called Miss West Creative Coaching and Consulting. Hmm. That's the umbrella. But one of the the subcategories is AOD, short for Accountability On Demand. Um, It it was nothing that I planned for years. I'm one of those people who have a random thought and I just activate it immediately. Bingo. We got action. (laughs) I activate it. So I activated it and built a community around it. And it is a family, it's a community. It's not just a service, like the people, I'm resonating with a certain kind of personality to where when people join the coaching program, they just merely thrive because of the atmosphere, right? Mm -hmm. Because of my personality, very quirky, um, direct, passionate but also a balance of relatability and accountability those are the kind of people that resonate with me so when they opt into it and they partake in the service they just thrive more mentally than financially because hmm. i'm not promising oh you're going to make 10k in a day you're going to make a thousand dollars in a minute that's not my promise my promise is you're going to have a shift in mindset you're going to be able to build your community and you're going to be more open to different business strategies so you could be comfortable in sharing your message consistently. Mm. I love it. I love it. And this is who is the target for when you first started out? Because you said you're fine now that you're resonating with a certain type of person. Mm-hmm. Who's that target that you figured out that is is for accountability on demand now? Got you. So initially, I was serving all women, and men started to reach out to me. And I said, why am I only serving women? Men need support, accountability, and this kind of or and dynamic as well. So I still need a niche down. But right now, it's ambitious male and female entrepreneurs. And I got the word ambitious in there because of my personality. You must be ambitious. You must be ready to rock and roll Otherwise, if you're in my group coaching and I'm doing my thing, you're going to be like, oh, I need to leave. She gives me anxiety. <laughs> I know. I think I think that that's super, super dope. And I'm glad that you said that, because a lot of the times we all struggle to niche down, myself included. But in the beginning, I think that you can start out wide 
and as you cast that wide net, you're going to find there's going to be a couple people that raise their hand. Mm -hmm. And based off of that, here's what I'm learning and I've learned um, is that those people that raise their hand, just go serve those people. And if you can get those people the result, then you figure out your niche rather than trying to start in the beginning. I got to have a niche and you don't know what that niche is. So you're like, okay, I do nothing. I start to suffer from analysis of paralysis to then those people who raise their hand, just serve them. And then you're going to start to see some commonalities and some common themes in the community that you keep showing up for. And that's how you'll find your niche. Yeah. And I actually have, so I have AOD. It's a group monthly subscription coaching program, but I have niche, niched, however you want to pronounce it. Depending on what country you're living in. We do operate in multiple countries, so some people are going to resonate with both sides. So I've niched down, um, and now I have a, I'm teaching coaches how to build their own coaching consulting platform. So I have another arena where I serve service providers, coaches, and consultants as well. That's what's up. So along your path now, and I know you said you don't have any regrets, but along your path now, you I'm sure you would agree to say you're a lot more wiser. But looking at, you know, over these last even 10 years of where you've been, if there was one thing that you wish that you would have implemented sooner mm -hmm. to accelerate your path on your dream, what would that one thing be? Uh, become an entrepreneur sooner. Hmm. Why is that? Because like, and I'll, I'll give myself credit. I've been in the game for like two and a half years. And most people are like, oh my God, are you serious? And um, I just trailblazed really quickly. But just imagine if I would've did this five years ago. Yeah. Just imagine if I would've did it 10 years ago. I just feel like I would've been in my groove sooner and been able to make a bigger impact. Um, but but that's the only thing, But but here's the deal. Moving to Atlanta triggered that notion so as I think about it, would I have moved to Atlanta five or 10 years ago? No. So that's, that's something that I think about. But honestly, I truly feel that every single step, every action, every conversation is a domino effect for the next. So I don't really have anything that I wish I would have done sooner because every single thing is crafted due to the thing before it. Right? Right. And I wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be... Everything would be changed if I would have changed anything. So my answer to you is no. <laughs> okay. okay. And and I always ask that question, but I, I and I and I call out everyone. It doesn't matter if they're six figure, seven figure, eight figure. I all know that we and sometimes we just don't want to admit it, but I all know that there's something out there that if we would have took heed sooner mm -hmm. to what the knowledge that was given to us. And I ask that for somebody else that's right now at 22 23 maybe even 18 years old that they're like if they would have done that sooner it would have accelerated their path and becoming an entrepreneur is what you said then it's like man okay let me take heed to that knowledge so that's why i asked that and so don't feel pressured on it but i'll call everybody out on it um yeah. because i know that there's always that one thing that it's like man like we we just we should have done it my grandma used to always say you don't believe doo-doo stink you got to go there and smell it mm. right that's what she used to always say to me. And I didn't get that until I was like probably 19. And I was like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, great. So the last question that I got for you is if you could have, well, I guess there's two. There's because we got to end it the same way. People be like, wait, wait, wait. But if you could have dinner with one person in the world who, dead or alive, 
-hmm. Who would that one person be? And what question would you ask that person? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, the second part is what stumps you. Right. So you said dead or alive. And I know yeah, anybody. Some, I know there's some late grace that I need to dig back, but I don't want to rack my brain. So I would say I want to have dinner with Oprah, right? She's super resilient, went through a lot of childhood trauma, um, has really made her own mark no matter what she endured. So we kind of have the same kind of path. Um, and now she's like one of the biggest prominent influential people. Um, so I want to, I would like to meet with her. And my question for her is, would be surrounding mental health. Um, like how does she truly feel about the importance of mental health? And if it was implemented for her at an early age, would her life journey, would her mental health now be different? Because at hmm. the end of the day, you could be the brightest person in the world, dopest person, but how are you really in here? Yeah. Right? Right. We putting on a good show right now, but when we turn this camera off, <laughs> what? You really? start crying. Right. <laughs> right. No, I think that's I important. I just want to explore that because I, I will say this, Everybody has a stint of mental health, I'm not going to say issue, but mental health disposition. It's a spectrum, right? Yeah. Whichever little pocket, not even going to name out the disorders. So I would have a conversation with her about mental health. Cool. There's the last thing I have to ask you is there's somebody out there that uh, they love your story. They love your journey. They love all the wisdom, but they have that little voice in their head. And we all have had that little voice before because it, it stems along with mental health. And that little voice says that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing that you would say to that person to get them to just take action? Yeah, so it sounds like my other expertise, which is imposing on imposter syndrome, right? Mm. And we can call it whatever we want. I mean, that's just a label, but bottom line, it's, lack of confidence, not believing in yourself, second guessing. And I would say, try. If you want to do something, turn your camera on. You don't even got to post it, but start practicing. Make the content, make the YouTube, but make it private. Make the Instagram page, but make it private. Create, build something. Then you got the try, you got the test. You might pull that little trigger and push play and it's live and then we're going to tweak but if we continue to just have it in our head and we're not really activating it we're going to continue to second guess and continue to be in the path of unknown which causes heartache and heartache is something that stays with you it's nothing that like you have a breakup okay you get over it but heartache because of your own dream shout out to dream nation that is something that will stay with us forever. Boom. So I would say just try. I love it. I love it. 
this has been again a phenomenal conversation my sister i'm sure somebody out there is now going to be willing to try just based off of your message and so the last thing that i want to ask and we'll make sure we put all of the links in the show notes but for anybody who wants to stay connected with you where can they find you at sure so at miss west creative coach on all things social Um, my website is www.misswestcreativecoach.com um i'm on clubhouse i'm everywhere and my dms are always open if you have a question or if you just want to say hey great show this is what resonated with me the most feel free to reach out sounds good well just as she said dream nation that dream that you have if you don't try it will only merely be a fantasy so that's all for this one we'll catch you on the next one bye guys That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.